Hey, what's up, guys? This is Resroots here. This is Will. I also want to do a quick announcement here. If you're listening to this, I am doing a giveaway. I'm going to be doing a $50 Amazon gift card giveaway. All you got to do is share it and tag me at William Maxtell in there, and then I will enter you in a giveaway. So that can be anybody, literally anybody. Just need you to share it. But anyways... Yeah, like I said, my name is Will, and I have four guests here, so I'm going to pass it over to... Hello, my name is Nova. I am a sophomore here at IBC. Hi, I'm Jerry, and I'm a senior at IBC. Hi, my name is Kain Yazi, and I'm a junior here at IBC. What's up, y'all? I'm Joel, and I am a freshman here at IBC. Sorry, we just passed the mic back and forth. No, we're good. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, as you can see, we have a huge diversity here of different grades here on this podcast. So the whole main topic of this session is going to be the students here. I'm just going to be asking questions, and you won't be hearing me as much. But you're going to hear them talk about their reflection of the fall semester. And so the first question I have for you guys is, out of all the classes that you have, like, what is, like, something that you, like, take away, like, that you're encouraged by? So a class. <laughs> <laughs> we are a matriarchy after all. Okay, no, like a highlight of a class. Okay, uh, it would be Angels Church and Last Things. Um, obviously, it's one class, but we're we just wrapped up uh, church, so we are on Last Things right now, which is the end times. But it brings me back to apologetics uh just being how can i use this class of what i'm learning of be able to share to someone of why i believe i why i believe what i believe so in a way being ready to share an answer but um of course finding it in scripture of like why i believe it so obviously it's in scripture but in a way have it be a testimony um, not to bring fear. I know it's a really. I know it can be a cool topic because it's like, oh, you're talking about angels and demons. But for me, I, I would. It's not. I would use it as apologetics if that if that makes sense. I really enjoyed my papers for those classes too, and Joel's been actually one of my audience so far. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm procrastinating, but it's yeah. okay. But yeah. You're procrastinating. No, not really. So Jerry, you're supposed to be graduating. <laughs> I, oh, I'm gonna graduate. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm getting that class right now. Is it C's and D's get degrees? Is yeah, that the same? Until your GPA I is not I'm able to get your bachelor's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool though. Yeah, because that class is definitely like really thought provoking. Of like, yeah, it's like oh, so much, so much information. So that's cool. Anybody else? Well, you're looking at me, so I guess oh. I could have gone. You, look like, you <laughs> look like you were urgent, ready to go. Like, yeah. ask me. Tell me. Well, <laughs> I would say it would probably have to be native masculinity, and because I I personally learned a lot of things about myself, and a lot of things about other natives, um, particularly with men, and and disinfected young men, and 
understanding why the way we are is what the class really um, emphasizes and basically explaining what men are supposed to be and what men are not and why are we not this and why are we this. And Daniel Espin leads that class. He's really excellent and he's really um, an intellectually there and represents the key values that the class teaches in his own life. And it's very seen very clear with his life. I mean, you know, the if you really want to know somebody, you got to test them. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a life skill that everyone should accomplish, which is knowing your friends. And the only way to really know somebody is to go through tribulation with them and see how they react. And I think that's the only way you can really know somebody is through a test. And Daniel has <coughs> been tested again and again and through his life and through his um his commitment to the Lord really proves what he teaches in that class is true and because he lives it. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding, and that's what I see is him in the teachings of the class. I tease him all the time. I'm like, oh, you're just describing yourself. But it's true because what he teaches in that class is very much what he already is, and that's what I respect is that he is what he teaches. And that's why I love Native masculinity, and that's why it's one of my favorite classes. My favorite class this summer, this summer, this fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already ready for summer. Uh, my favorite class was probably Intro to Christian Ethics. It was really fun. I enjoy it. Mainly because it really sets the foundation of us as Christians to get our ethics from. I mean, I knew some of the ethics but I didn't exactly know where it's like where is it from and it's you know it's from the Lord from the Bible and just how that how constant truth he is he is that truth and and he's always true whether you believe it or not and he's always real so I thought that was really cool really sets in stone of that your ethics should be stable and you know the lord's un unchanging so as kind of man-made ethics change with influence of time culture places people yeah so i thought that was really cool we saved the best for last <laughs> uh, let's see perhaps one of the classes that does stand out for me is crisis counseling mm -hmm. only because it is really something that is not talked about in the church and it's and it's become a, a course that really has become close to my heart right now and it has helped open my eyes to some issues that I really, thinking back, I really did not know how to address or to, how would you say, be engaged in. And, but it's helped me to be more prepared in engaging someone, engaging with someone who is going through crisis. Um, whether it be depression or suicide, um, death in the family, 
or something catastrophic, you know, there, it, the course has opened my eyes to different avenues of how I can be of service to somebody, whether they are in the church or outside of the church. And I feel like it's something that needs to be addressed in the church of how to do this, how to go about handling this issue of crisis within the church as well as outside. So, yeah. You know, I really wish I took that class. I wish I went back in time and said, yes, Jason, I will take that class. <laughs> but back then, I was already going through MTS, so I was already going through a, a crisis counseling. <laughs> so, yeah, I was already opening a lot of wounds in MTS. Mm-hmm. For those that are wondering what MTS is, it's Mending the Soul, which is a intensive, uh, like, I don't know how you could say it. Go more and deeper with... Non-traditional counseling. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, I think he knows better. Thank you. I'm going to know how to say it, but yeah, it's kind of going back. The way how I describe it is like when we always walk forward with Christ, you know, we we follow him daily and we always take a step forward. You're always bending the soul. You're turning around and walking back with Christ. So that's something I always like picture MTS and... But yeah, I really wish I took crisis counseling because I've been hearing a lot of great things. I was like, man, I should have took it. <laughs> but oh well, hell. But got my bachelor's. So Next year, just audit. You can audit. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing that. It's really cool. Like you know, seeing what you guys are sharing and seeing how like it's really, you know, turning your gears and. See, and not only that, like, it's not a lecture, but you guys are, like, sitting there thinking, like, what does this look like for me? You know, and that's one thing, like, IBC is about is we don't teach you what to think. We teach you how to think, you know. Like, they don't teach us, like, no, you got to be this way, you got to be this way, you know. So that's the cool thing about IBC. So the next question I have for you guys. Um, but before we go into a lot deeper, I'm gonna make it a little lighter. <laughs> so let's take it a little lighter. Give us a funny story in the dorm. Oh my! Of this year, of this, this fall? year, this um, fall. If there was one, <laughs> so, I, don't I don't know if there was one or not. But we have a funny one? story. <laughs> I like that. A bit. I mean, that's only for. The girls, I'm not gonna. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Fine. You can't just say that on air. Yeah. Keep like, your yeah. secrets, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can think of another one, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> was it just all serious in the dorm? We, we just praise Jesus in the dorm. That's all we do all day. Kion's <laughs> always just serious, just there. <laughs> just studying Bible. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know what you're saying. So. I'm not the greatest at cooking, but I do it anyways, right? So, yeah. um, praise God. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I gotta eat, so, yeah, you know. Gonna, yeah. uh, I didn't know that you're not supposed to, uh, like, I don't know how, like, not to make it so smoky. And I remember I freaked out the first time I set off the smoke alarm. And, like, it was funny because I thought, like, my mom was gonna come and be like, ah, da, da. but nobody came. And there was all the guys in the dorm, and they all just kind of like looked in and was like, like right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they're like, all right. And then he just popped back out. And I was like, help. all right. Yeah. I was like, mom, help. So, like, it was me and Jonathan um, were like in our like um, 
uh, in clothes that were like our pajamas and stuff, and we're like trying to win the the sides <laughs> out, and like we look all crazy because it's, it's all late. We're trying to because I was making like, salmon in like eleven o'clock at night, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised some of the guys were still asleep. I was like, oh, okay, but me and Jonathan. <laughs> So, <laughs> just whatever you do, um, if you're staying in the in the resort, make sure to close the door to the uh, to the um, what's that thing called? The smoke alarm, because it will go off like on the slightest of anything. You just like so much as like light a match in there, just dee 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 dee, you know. And I freaked out because I, I didn't even know we had a smoke alarm. So, um, cook your salmon wisely. It was funny because I would have, if I was there, I would have been like, was dinner done? It's <laughs> burnt. Uh, yeah, but dinner's done. done. <laughs> right, cool. But the salmon was good. It was a I messed up on the salmon. Nice. I messed up on the chicken, but not the salmon. I mean, Jerry could share that story that she mentioned, but I guess not. No, she can keep her secrets. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to expose anybody. Yeah, you, <laughs> don't have, you, you, you don't have to names. say names. Yeah, you just say uh, Fred, Billy, Bob. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she Karen, Sharon, Carol. <laughs> Wait, we do have Karen, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to know. It's, it's oh, okay. yeah, no. Until the person they whoever it is listens to it, and then they'll they'll know. But let's <laughs> get tell it. I can tell the story, but leave out a certain part. <laughs> Share the other part of it. It's a song. Nova and Jerry know it's left out. <clears throat> um. So you know. <laughs> um, Carol. <laughs> Carol, you know, Carol and so we have a dorm meeting every Monday. Um, Ari usually plans it, so <clears throat> and it's not always a serious meeting, but we'll try to do like an icebreaker or a game at the end. And the game at the end was um, just dance. Uh, it was hilarious because, like, um, if you guys know IBC, IBC, um, you see, maybe you've heard previous students say yeah the walls are pretty thin um noise echoes through the vents you can hear everything but uh we were doing just dance um it's like 10 to 11 at night (laughs) and (laughs) uh the units are pretty small i'm gonna say that but um So it's just a bunch of girls in a small, not a small room, but it's kind of small, uh, moving furniture. Um, it's obviously late and it should be quiet hours, but um, yeah, just dancing. <laughs> and someone was there with me, but um, that's not even a full story, but I'm going to leave out the other. Okay, because, just a cliffhanger. Stay yeah. tuned next week and you'll get the rest of the story. Uh, Stay tuned until next week until I build us some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> until I get the approval of sharing the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you guys come, maybe Jerry can tell you the story in person. Mm-hmm. It's only if you apply to IBC. So. Just Shameless plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Jerry. Appreciate it. <laughs> that was not a sharing everything. Yes. <laughs> I don't and know they, how to top that. <laughs> so I think the funny story I have is, so we all know Johnny. Johnny's always accusing everybody that he's a, you're a Cowboys fan. Oh, yeah, it's like you was like you're a Cowboys fan, man. Just say it, man. If you're a Cowboys <laughs> fan. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, There's a lot of things wrong with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just like. And especially like on a Sunday when I happen to walk by him or I run into him, he's like, "Hey, what time are your team's playing?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Dude, like, <laughs> yeah. 
And then one time we were with, uh, I forgot who it was, but we were with a staff member. And Johnny was like dogging the Cowboys and the staff members. Like, oh, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> and Johnny's like, oh, my bad. I'm, I apologize. And I was like. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, no. We just have this thing. We make fun of each other. It's like, Johnny, it's just you. It's like, <laughs> we. Stuff, I know. It's, like, yeah. it's just you making fun of everybody about Cowboys. Like, no one's saying anything. <laughs> it's like, you're just having a normal day and then. He's like, oh, you're a Cowboys fan. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) Just admit it to yourself. (laughs) That's funny because one day, I don't know who was who he was talking to, but eventually he he kind somehow somebody told him that I was a Cowboys fan, (laughs) but I don't watch a a thing of football. But he came. He came. I passed by right here, and he. Caught me at the end. He's like, "Wait, Kai, hold up!" And he waddled over. Then <laughs> 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 he tells me, "So I just want to apologize. You know, I, I that everyone was telling me that you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I just had to stop. Like, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't know who's telling you this." He's like, "Oh, well, they told me. He's like, well, you better. They're lying to you." And so he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go." Go and talk to some guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he had kind of like shuffled off. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should accept. So shame on everybody who <laughs> was lying to him. I know that man accuses everybody of being a Cowboys fan. So it's probably a Cowboys fan. You know what I mean? I he's low key. He's low key. You hear I, that, Johnny? Low key. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a star in his room somewhere in somewhere there, like a sticker. It's in his jacket. <laughs> it's, it's a little pin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right now, the only thing that's coming to my mind was um, there was this, well, it was late at night, in the dead of night. Um, for some reason, I couldn't go to sleep. And of course, I was like, haha, TikTok. And it was probably 3 a.m. or 2. And I get a text from Sarah, who's been on the podcast before. And she's like, are you still awake? And I was all, yeah. (laughs) From there, we're like, you want to watch a movie? We're like, sure, we'll do it. (laughs) And we end up watching Twilight, the Breaking Dawn. Wow. Because it's like, uh, because I've never seen it before. And she's (laughs) the one who kind of introduced me to it. And... Yeah, but what was funny is we were trying to set up everything because we don't have a TV, so we do a projector and set up everything. And what we do, we put a a chair on top of a table so we can <laughs> go over. But while we were doing that, we we're trying to do everything so quietly. <laughs> but of course, the force are all yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, Shh. and then we move the chair, but we hit something. It's all, and we're all nah. Like we're trying to keep it quiet, but the more we try to stay quiet, the more louder it is. And our laugh didn't really wasn't really quiet, but somehow we made it through. Yeah, and then we fell asleep on the movie. The next day, next morning, we just woke up. I was like on the bean bag, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "My back." But yeah, that's one story I got. I think I will remember. No complaints. You're fine. Yes. All right, now we're getting deep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tell us your deepest, yeah. darkest securities right now. Yeah. Lay them out. No, not that. No, we're not going that deep. 
Just kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's cool because yeah, like there's a lot of fun things that happen in our dorm. It's funny because uh, when the smoke alarm thing, when it was 2018, when I was uh, in the dorm, there was a guy. His name is Tony. I'm just gonna say his name. <laughs> Tony. Tony. Uh, he's a great guy. He he loves to cook. You know, he's a chef. Well, I don't know if he's really a chef, but can really be one if he wants to and he was it was I don't know what it is but everyone in that dorm that year just kept cooking at midnight you know it's like <laughs> you know, being in the, mid- in the kitchen at midnight and you're making a whole full course meal and you know like <laughs> but anyways one night it was I want to say it was about maybe almost one and I was playing games and I heard a smoke alarm come off and the RA at the time like open up his door hard. He's like, "All right, guys, new rule: he's like, <laughs> he's like, no cooking past this time." <laughs> you probably hear is Tony. I'm sorry. <laughs> it never happened. They still cook that past that time. Yeah, it cracks me up though. It's like, it's like the cooking thing. The smoke alarm gets loud, especially that late. Yeah, smoke alarm sensitive, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next question I have for you guys is what was something, because each of you guys have been on your own journey, spiritually and emotionally, so what would you say or how would you say, like, how did you see God move? I didn't play my headphones, but it's all good. (laughs) How did you see God move in your time here at this fall semester? Um, I think just through um, my peers, the people around me, uh, student life, um, you. (laughs) (laughs) You. (laughs) Uh, We got um, Dana, woman, or actually they're all dude, I don't think, uh, Josh, Kareen, Tina, and Will. Um, It's been fun uh, just uh, serving alongside them and obviously truth and grace I know there's been like probably two times this semester that yes I knew I made a mistake or yes I already know that but to hear it again it it is much needed so it's pretty cool because like it's it's the love that's there and like it's like obviously they want to see you succeed but they want to see you grow so much more and I think just to see that team and just work alongside it but also being brought in it's just pretty cool because like I don't know how to describe it but it's pretty cool so I'd say uh just seeing God move through the people around me um those um outside too uh just encouraging me in any way that they can because I know I can get sad of not receiving encouragement, but to give it a lot. So, yeah, peers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was back in, back in, not going to say the day, but (laughs) I guess you could say back in the day. uh, Growing up, I didn't exactly have the um 
the men uh, to be around me exactly for my life. And I, I understand that a lot of other Native American young men go through the same thing, where there's not a lot of good examples out there. And the only good examples that I found were at Broken Arrow, and those people would be D, uh, Dino, Ty, and other counselors and wranglers who have come and gone. And I honestly thought that was the only place where there was both being native and also biblical and also a man because coming here I was able to see that there's more there's more than just them and there's more than I thought there was and it really gave me hope and it gave me an ability to see what could be and that you can be more than what you are. And I think that's what I learned a lot about me personally because I, when I was little, I kind of thought that when you were born in a situation, that is in the circumstances you are, that determines your outcome. And if you don't have anything else, if you don't have something good, then that's it. You're a byproduct of bad. But you can be a net force for good if you choose to be. And I think coming here made me realize that I am not those things that I thought I was when I was, I don't know, 10, 12, uh, 15, that I thought I was going to become this uh, heartless um, person. And coming here, I learned how to actually uh, love people more and be able to lean into that side of not just being a lion, but also being a lamb. And I was shown the lamb side of men here, especially. And I think I'm eternally grateful for that because I was, wasn't exactly shown that as much as a kid. And I would say that's the biggest God moment for me is seeing that you can be more than what you are through Christ. No. So I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, well, I think. Um, the Lord's really showing me of how to fully open up to him, if that makes, yeah. Um, because, you know, we're, they talk about accepting the Lord, um, because in Christian ethics, we learned about, uh, intimacy with the Lord and dependence, well, namely intimacy with the Holy Spirit and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Holy Spirit is the Lord. Triunity. Uh, so I usually just like to do the dependence, like, yeah, it's just going to be, I'll go to the Lord when I'm having troubles or I only ask for help when I need it, if I need it. Um but not the intimacy part. So at the beginning of this fall semester, I was really afraid to fully open myself up to the Lord in trusting him, being really honest. I mean, I knew I could be honest with him, tell him when I'm angry, but to open up about the parts in me that 
I don't want to open it up even to myself. Because it's like, no. Yeah. Um, and of course, that really allowed the Satan to really attack me one day. It was weird. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but I was in my room. And of course, just the sense of loneliness came over. And I was like, eh, I'll just go find somebody. It'll be fine. Yeah. And of course, I went out and I don't remember. I think it was a TNL night or something. And I couldn't find anybody. And I was like, ooh, I know. I was like, I'll go find Martha. But then I knew Martha was busy with something. I went to go find Tina, my mentor, but I knew she was busy with something. So I was like, eh, so I think I'll be okay. Um, but instead of reaching out, having that intimacy with the Lord, that's where Satan really attacked. And, of course, the thought of, it's like, you know, you don't have to go through all this. And I was like, what? I don't. <laughs> and Satan, of course, was like, you can end it right now. And I was like, ah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I, like, I know where this is going. And he's like, you know how to do it. You know how to take your life. And I was like, ah. So I was like, ah. So I really ran out of my bed where I was. And I don't know. And I was like, I'm sick of this place. So I literally packed up my bags and I was ready to leave IBC without, with the intent of not returning. Um, and I was driving down, probably really dangerous because I couldn't see because I was crying. So I was all blurry, probably going 80 down, 89. I was like, ah! just kidding. <laughs> or 98, 89. Yeah, it's 89. Yeah, so, and the only person who came to my mind was my sister and I called her. And of course, she's like, just pull over. And I was like, okay. But I couldn't pull over on the right side. So I, ended up, I don't know why I decided to go to the left. And I was like, man. And I like skipped over three, four lanes and like, on the dirt road. Well, yeah. And she just calmed me down. She's like, you can go ahead and turn around. But yeah. Um, so the Lord has really, just from that moment in time, I realized that. I don't trust people. I mean, I can trust them, but I'm afraid to fully, I don't know, trust them, if that makes sense. And the Lord really shown that, you know, that how your relationship with, is with the Lord really does reflect your relationship with the people you surround yourself with. Um, yeah, so he's showing me, uh, I think I mentioned this before, the value of community, so much so I started getting envious of the people who were just so easy to talk with pe other people. And I was like, why can't I be like that? Why do I have to be an introvert? Oh, this sucks. <laughs> I was like, Lord, why you make me like this? But at the same time, the Lord made me who I am and um, it's purpose for me. So, but yeah, that's kind of my story and really surrendering bunch of stuff that I kept bottled in. I still kind of do, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm getting a little better at it. Progress. Progress makes perfect. Mm -hmm. So I'm not living by the fake it till you make it motto anymore. The famous Elsa line. It's like, conceal it. Don't show it. Don't feel. <laughs> what did she say? Conceal. Don't feel. feel. Yeah. Conceal. Don't feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how I know that. <laughs> yeah. But 
really heavy, but um, yeah, and I'm glad I'm not there anymore. And yeah, so now I'm just working on getting back into that intimacy time with the Lord where it's just me and him, that uh, solitude time. I'm still kind of afraid to get back into that because of what happened, but I'm on my way. Yeah, so yeah, the Lord's really shown me his love, his provision, mainly financially. Somehow I'm making it. Well, yeah, so it's pretty good. Tis good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, somebody else. <laughs> it's only me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then go. <laughs> uh, well, I guess to answer the question is I kind of reflected back on my first three years here. Um. I guess you know coming to IBC that at that time it was it wasn't easy. I did I came at my own will, but I can understand too that you know I see God's hand in it in bringing me here. Um, for several years uh, before coming to IBC, I had been praying for healing in my life, um, better direction, uh, guidance, uh, purpose is what I was hungry for at the time. Um, so the first three years, I, w I guess I could say, you know, it wasn't easy being here. Uh, only because of what I was fighting internally. And it wasn't until pro probably my second, third year. I was in between that weird enrollment of second, third year. <laughs> Sophomore, junior enrollment is what I was in. But at that time, you know, I was going through mending the soul here at IBC. And that was probably the most, how'd you say it? The most abysmal pathway that I have ever gone through. Mm. Um, even though I was, I had gotten the mending that I needed for my soul, but yet... You know, the phrase, you know, be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you ask for. And I had no idea what to expect coming, going in it and coming out of it. But afterwards, you know, just looking at that panoramic time, timeline of myself, um, then the pandemic set in, everything began to lock down. And I began to wander mentally. And eventually, you know, I started seeing the free, the, the, how would you say it, the liberty of delving into my own indulgence. I could say, I should, it's probably how I can say it. And digging into my own lusts and just, you know, going about it. But I guess now coming to the, to the question that is being asked, I guess... See, how I see God moving was actually through the prayers of the staff members here. Mm. It's what, what I was doing and where I've gone um, the, pa the past two years during the lockdown really put me in a dangerous position for my, my own life. Because about last, time, last year, about this time in December, I had hit the most depressive low in my life, and I had never gone through 
depressive episodes like that before in a long in a long while. But it wasn't until New Year's week of last year that you know I did contemplate of taking my own life at that time. And I was praying about it too, like God, this is how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to take place. And of course, you know, you don't something like that. You don't tell your parents because no one will understand. Nobody understands why you're going through what you're going through. And just the silence that I had put myself in drug me to that place. Um, the things that I was doing pushed me to where I was at. But New Year's came. I went to bed. Just mentally, physically, all the exhaustion, you know, in the four areas of your life, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually, and emotionally. I was just exhausted. Then New Year's came around. And I, you know, remember waking up just telling myself that something has to change. And some, I made a few steps. I started taking out what I had learned in, S, in our spiritual formation groups, our discipleship groups, the I am's, who I am in Christ, and started going through that during that time in the spring, up through the summer. I mean, I, I, every now and then, you know, I would go to it, to remind myself. But coming back in August, I came here to just to get a haircut from Daniel because I wasn't paying $20 as super, not super cuts, sports clip just to get a, you know, a decent haircut. But so I came here, asked Daniel, sent him a message, you know, I need a haircut. And you're the only one, you're the only person who pays I can pay cheap around here ten dollars for a haircut and he said sure I, you know I got you and so I came here got my haircut then he said you know there the other staff members you know are up at the student center and so I came visited for a while and just to know nothing changed was comfort enough to know that you know the relationship we all established together was still intact. They didn't see me any differently. Even though I did open up about some things of what I was doing the past two years, yet, you know, they were more than willing to extend that grace to me, but to truthfully tell me, you know, what are you going to do? And they honestly, you know, told me, you know, we're willing to accept you back too. All you have to do is fill out a letter of return. And of course, Daniel, he said, you know, here's the incentive, you know, five free haircuts throughout the semester. <laughs> so I said, I'll think about it, but that's not why I'm coming back. <laughs> but <Partly>. maybe <laughs> we all need our styles. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but coming back after submitting the application and everything, you know, just having everything reinstated back to the way it was. You know, that was God and how I saw it. And then having everybody come up to me, you know, we've been praying for you and we missed you and we were really glad that you're back, you know. Just to know that, just to hear that was, was really meaningful for me. And even though some didn't say it, but you can tell 
they were glad to have me back. That was all I needed. And to know that where I was at back home, the ministry I was stuck in, the depression that I was going through, and all, just everything that pushed me to that point in my life, they saw that, you know, you have a better opportunity elsewhere. And the whole, how I could relate it to is like David and King Saul, you know, Saul basically just abused David and in a way tried to spear him against the wall. And David dodged it every time, but eventually, you know, David had to leave that authority and submit to God's calling. And even though it led him into the wilderness. So for me, even though I faced that struggle back home, and where it pushed me to, where it pushed me to, I just had to leave. So the semester, I had just basically, basically cut off all ties to the church and my family that I had, and learned to be obedient to where God is directing me. And so far, it's led to other opportunities, um, uh, more relationships here, but establishing new ones um, elsewhere, and knowing that where God is directing me is still you know the direction and so next year you know i am hoping to look forward to something different whether it be here at ibc or maybe something else so Mm. that's how i see god's hand in my life dang man it's a lot yeah like trying not to cry while you're sharing Some really, really good stuff. Like, really, you know, it's in ways that when you guys are sharing, I go down memory lane myself and figure and look back and reflect on what God has done in my life through IPC. I think my first, my very first semester, yeah, I grew up with guys, but the guys were very abusive. They weren't like, allowing me to express how I feel. If you didn't express how you feel, and then we're gonna end up fighting, like physically. And coming here and having every guy put their hand around me, like, oh, hey, Will, how you doing? You know, I was like, like boy, you better. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, stop touching me, man. <laughs> That's how it was, and I think, I think when I came here, and after my first year, I guess in a way I felt free to cry because I wasn't able to. Yeah, ever since then, you know, I think that's why I was I grew up being such an emotional guy already. I think it was just hard for me to show that because you either I would get beat up by my brothers because I was crying. The challenge though, the thing where God definitely grew, I just want to share real quick with you guys is I do a an illustration of hurdles. And then you're on the track, there's the guys running hurdles. And if you go watch like videos of these people doing the hurdle, I don't know if there's exactly names to call it a hurdle race. Yeah, that's, that's what they call it. Yeah. So anyways, you watch them, you don't see them looking down at the hurdles. They're looking straight ahead and I'm and they're jumping one after another, one after another, and not looking at the hurdles. And the reason why they don't look at it is because if they're too focused on one, they're gonna fall on the next. So for me, growing, like going through staff to 
or students and staff, I kept tripping over that hurdle. Like, what does this look like? How do I move on? How do I overcome this hurdle? And God kept reminding me, is like, you keep focusing on this. You gotta keep your eyes and look to me. And I'll help you get over these hurdles. So I'm keeping my eyes on the prize, keeping my eyes on the finish line. This is where God has me, so I'm going to keep my eyes on him and not look at these hurdles. And that's something I deeply struggled with this past semester was hurdle number one, feeling like a deadbeat father. Hurdle number two, no longer important. Hurdle three, family disowned me and all these hurdles, and I kept tripping over them like, oh. Because I kept dwelling on them, I kept focusing on them. But God kept telling me, you're looking at them hurdles and not me. So something I encourage you guys with is that too, is keep your eyes on the prize. Don't, don't look at the hurdles. <clears throat> so the last question I have for you guys is what is one thing you're looking forward to next semester? Listen to you more. <laughs> I know my answer, and you know my answer already as well. Uh, um, my senior seminar paper, and I've shared this with Joel too because he comes up with it. I'm really excited because. Um, it's the classes called Senior Seminar. Um, I don't know much about it, but I know it's the class that need that you need to pass. Um, you take it your senior year before you graduate. And <clears throat> it's been a lot. I know the paper touches on your journey of IBC, the classes that stuck out to you. And it touches on the core values. And I've um, my sophomore year at IBC, I had two um, female, uh, they were seniors, and they and they shared about their paper with me, and I, somehow, um, as a sophomore, I was really excited. I'm like, that seems pretty cool. I'm like, I'm only a sophomore right now in IBC, and you guys are seniors, but to just get a glimpse of this paper, and then when Will was a senior, um, he let me read his paper, and... A lot has happened at IBC. It's funny, uh, six years here, um, I'm still going. I could pass my classes, but there's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of excitement and tears, but I'm really looking forward to write some of that or not even all of it, but at least write some of that in my paper. Um, yeah, I'm... I know some people aren't looking forward to it because it's a paper, and obviously I was like, yeah, I was like, it is, but I don't know. I was like, I'm just excited to write it. But yeah. I was going to say, the good thing is you don't have to take apologetics with it. Oh, yeah. I struggled so hard <laughs> doing senior seminar and apologetics. Those are the last two classes, like, those are my hurdles, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, because uh, apologetics is like, it's probably the hardest class you'll ever have here at IBC, so be warned, be warned, be warned. <laughs> Apologetics. It's yeah. a fun class. Honestly. It's really it's fun, class. but man, it's like yeah. super ac like academic-wise, it's up there. And then dealing with a senior seminar is more emotionally. So like I remember when I started my senior seminar paper, 
I was like, paragraph in, I was already crying. I was like, man, this is going to be hard. So, yeah, I'm excited for you, Jerry. Me too. And other stuff too. Let's see. What a, I don't even, I honestly don't even particularly know what I'm uh, excited for next, this coming semester. But um, there is one actually, I think I remember talking to you about it called Christian Family and heard uh, it's a real tearjerker. And I heard that it uh, really opens up some. You guys can't see, but all of a sudden everyone, yeah. everyone looked down real quick. <laughs> it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's you know, great. He <laughs> <laughs> says that when he's grinding his teeth. Yeah. Yep. I heard it's a pretty you know easy course and you know it's pretty good. Heard heard good things about it. But um, so who all, are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> Person with no trauma. <laughs> but um, um, going back to to Christian families, um, I really because uh, I look I look at you know uh, not my immediate family but my surrounding families around me and other people's families and seeing. Now, why are they the way they are? And why do some families happen to, I always thought, like, happen to work out better than others? And um, you learn a lot about your own family and, and accepting that, um, the good and the ugly, the bad, the good, the ugly of your family. And, you know, that's, it's very messy, I heard, too. Like, you, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't want to expect, but I'm just going to kind of go in there guns blazing because that's the only way I kind of know is just to kind of run and hope for the best probably not the greatest way to go about things but you know but anyways back on the Christian family is I really honestly in all honesty at the end of the day whether I become a millionaire or you know work at a restaurant or whatever God's called me to do work in ministry at the end of the day I honestly just want to be a good father um, and it, as simple as that is, and as, as um, s- maybe not as the greatest task, you know, like solving cancer, uh, stuff like that, I think one of the greatest things you could be as a human being is either, you know, a mother or a father, because those things lean into you, what makes you unique in, in God's eyes. And personally, for me, uh, my biological father wasn't there. And I remember growing up and questioning who I was and having to figure out how to change a tire by yourself, how to shave, how to fight, how to do everything by yourself. And you're so scared and you just don't, you're running in darkness pretty much and you don't know what's really a man and what's really not a man. And it gets very, very lonely and you lean either total lion or total lamb. And I felt like I was doing that for a long time. And... With Christian family, I don't know exactly what's going to be taught, but talks about families, so I'm guessing fathers. And I really want to be a good, I want to give what I didn't receive. And that was just, you know, this is how we do things. I'm going to teach you. And working at Broken Arrow, I felt like I was able to do that with young men and children because they open up to me and they tell me the same story. You know, dad left or dad couldn't hack it out or whatever and um it makes me feel like it's my life's purpose almost to be that to young men you know there's so many they're 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 starving for a lack of encouragement we're like 
like men, not men, just guys in general will go to the internet for just even to hear that they're, just to hear a lecture about how formidable and powerful you are. I mean, like, like think about that. Like they have to go to the internet or to YouTube for all that sake to, to tell them who they are. I mean, that's what I did. I literally looked up how to, how to be funny, how to talk. YouTube's a great place to learn that, by the way. Um, but it shouldn't be that way. And it was for me for a long time. And I want to be able to provide that to my own son or my daughter is that it's just honestly just to be a good father. Um, I don't know. It's, it's so simple, but it's so it's missing so much in society as these is as, as men in general. Well, and fathers in general. And that's what I want to be and to spread that example to other other people that there is still there is still. You don't you listening especially if you're a guy or a woman, it doesn't really matter. But honestly, giving your life to Christ, giving that that hurt, that pain, and letting him really work through that and being able to really just just let him handle it and will give you something in return that you can't even really comprehend or even have the words for. And if you're missing a father, if you're missing a mother, like God says in Psalms 27 verse 10, Though my father and mother forsake me, God will take care of me. And he will, and he has forever, and he will continue to do that. And if you guys just put your trust in them, you know, you're going to, it's not going to be, you know, all peaches and rainbows. It's going to get harder, but you know what? You'll be more prepared. And with Christian family, I think that's what it's going to do is prepare you to be that good father. And that's what I'm going to be. And I don't care what it takes. I don't care what hoops or what valleys or what mountains I have to climb because I know what it's like not to have that. And I wouldn't want that even for the worst of my enemies. And so diving into Christian families, I am going to go ahead first and not look back because this is what who I want to be in Christ. And this is the type of man I want to be. I'll go next. I'm going to be late for work. so <laughs> <laughs> So... For me, what I'm looking forward to next is winter break. <laughs> um, well, two things have opened up. One being, you know, coming back to IBC, continuing my education here, which would be a great it would be a great blessing. But the other opportunity that has opened up is for me to go on a mission trip next year. And that would also mean, you know, leaving. And it's not that I'm at a crossroads. I feel like I've already made up, made my decision now. It's just the support. I have, I have my mom and my dad's support, my sibling's support. That's all I got back home. I don't have anybody else's support because I already know the answer they're all going to give me back home. But it's just like, do, what other support is there going to be? Who else do I have that's going to come alongside me and say, you know, we're happy for that this has happened for you? And it's like, you just don't want to have only your mom or your dad. I mean, you want everybody to be excited for this. And because I really don't have that much back home, it's like, mm. I mean, it's it sucked the first time not the first time, but it sucked, you know, coming back this semester and to only have my 
my mom and my dad's and my siblings' support in just coming back. And when everybody found out, it's like, oh, okay, good. That was it. And now it's like, so I, coming to, back to IBC was an obedience before God. Like, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, you know. I'm going to cut off everything I have with back home just to be here and to be obedient. And so far in responding in that obedient manner, you know, this opportunity also has come up as a result of my own obedience. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I will continue going forward either way in whatever seems to be pressing more immediately is direction is the direction I see God push, pushing me towards. So excitement, but also it's a little sad and scary <laughs> is a way I can put it. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm actually, well, I should say actually, but yeah, this time I'm really looking forward to MIT, yeah, because uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I heard about MIT last semester, last year, but I was kind of like, yeah, MIT. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is, but now that I experienced it and understand what it's about, I am looking forward to MIT. And yeah, I'm also looking forward to, you know, the classes, not the homework, but <laughs> teaching's good. <laughs> um, I'm also looking forward to, you know, growing, continue growing the relationships here, um, building that trust. And yeah, I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And lunches. <laughs> Thank you guys for the the honesty, the transparency you guys shared. I know for a fact there will be people be encouraged by what you shared. And for the audience, I ask you guys pray for these guys because finals week is next week, so they're in their finals. The the last hurdle. For the semester, so probably all going to fall on that yeah. one, but <laughs> we'll stumble into the finish line. Yeah, but again, thanks, Noah, Jerry, Kion, and Joel. Thank you guys for taking time to do this. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Mm.